Amen. Welcome back, family. God is your brother, DJ Sam Rock, right here on The Blaze, the Bible study for about 25 to 30 minutes. Right here at SoulWinnersWithAZ.org. Also on the iTunes, um, the MySpace, the Twitter, the Facebook, the YouTube, um, Pinterest, Tumblr. Amen. And also on iHeartRadio and then tune in the apps. Amen. All around. And coming soon, we're going to have a Bible study app for The Blaze um, dedicated just for the Bible studies. Amen. And I'm, I'm, you know, working on that in the background. Thank you for listening. If this is your first time listening to The Blaze, The Bible Study, amen. Welcome. We welcome you with open arms. I welcome you with open arms. I, li- I like to say we a lot, and I do say we a lot, because I really believe that once I got saved, I was never alone. You know, I have the Holy Spirit of God, Him, the Holy Spirit, Him, Holy Spirit, God in me, amen, teaching and reaching and working through me, because I know for sure that when I became a Christian, I, the first thing I asked God is like, okay, how am I going to keep this going? Because I know I can't do it. And he answered me. He literally answered me. He said, well, let me live the Christian life through you because only Jesus Christ himself ever lived out a Christian life. No one that you know and no one that I know could ever say that they're living a Christian life by their own strength, by their own power. It's impossible to walk out a Christian life other than Jesus Christ through him Holy Spirit working it through you. Amen. You can look through the scriptures and find that all over from Genesis to Revelation that we need God. And tonight we're going to talk about why we need Jesus. You know, why do I need Jesus? Why do you need Jesus? You know, some some religions say, okay, Jesus was just a good man. Okay, we give you that. Uh, Judaism says, yeah, Jesus is not the Messiah. But if he's good enough for those Christians, we'll, we'll leave him there. Uh other religions or world religions say, yeah, Jesus was just the son of God. Cults say Jesus was just the son of God. So he's in the mix of a lot of religions and a lot of belief systems and a lot of cults talk about Jesus in their own ways. But without Jesus, the Bible says without God, we could do nothing. But with him, all things are possible through Jesus Christ, who gives us the possibilities. Amen. So can mankind live without God? Um, it all depends on your definition of living, your definition of life. If you're saying you could live without God, you don't need a God to live, then you're also saying that you're all-knowing so you can control everything that's going to happen from day one all the way to day whatever, and you're, you're your own God. You control your destiny. You control your path, your passions, and everything. And when temptation comes, you could escape that with no power. You could actually say no to every wrongdoing. That's what you're saying when you say, I don't need God. Because God is the only one that can give you the power to say no to sin through Jesus Christ. You're also saying that you don't need to be forgiven. You're not a sinner. That's what you're saying. You're, calling, um, you're saying that you're the truth and God is a lie. You realize that you're saying all of that when you say you can live without God. You don't need God. I'm just saying. I'm just making it plain so that way you understand exactly what that means. Uh, atheists say it's not that we don't that we're angry at your God. We're just not um, getting enough proof that He does exist. You know, I heard that said by so many atheists that I've spoken to and that I've I've heard interviewed uh, on um, so many different networks. They said, "Yeah, we're not angry at your God. We're just not convinced." Where there's no evidence that there is a God. Um, yeah, so I thank God that it's not a Christian's job to prove that God exists. It's the God of the Holy Scriptures 
that proves himself that he exists. Like, I can't argue nobody into the kingdom. Some cults out there want to argue and reason with the scriptures to make you believe their way is the only way to following and serving God. But that's not even in the Bible. No one has been argued into the kingdom of God. As a matter of fact, God himself doesn't force his way into your life. He knocks on the door of your heart. If you answer the door, he will come in, sit with you and, and eat with you. Amen. But he doesn't break the door down and say, here I am. You're going to serve me. But during the end, like in Revelation, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. There's going to be a day coming that whether you're willing or not, we're all going to be saying Jesus Christ is Lord. So in my way of thinking, I've always been like this before I got saved and since I got saved. Might as well doing it. Might as well do it while I'm willing. Do you giving while you're living, so you're knowing where it's going, right? I don't want to be forced to bow down to anyone, and God doesn't want to force anybody to serve Him. If that was the case, He would have had done it already, and we will all be robots. There would be no no other religion, no other belief system but Jesus Christ and Christians. But obviously, God is a holy, loving, and just God. So he allows us to have uh, our will to do and to believe and to worship whoever, whatever, whenever we want, right? So let's pray. We're going to get right into it. And we're just going to be talking about Jesus because I want I want to put out there a clear message of who Jesus is. Not my opinion, but from the scriptures inspired by the Holy Spirit that's in me and every single believer as well. So if you're listening and if you're a Christian, start praying now because People will be released from any misconception once they know who Jesus is, not by what they hear about him. Because remember, Jesus asked the disciples, who do you say that I am? Because even at that time, when Jesus was walking, doing his earthly ministry, people had all kind of opinions of who Jesus was. And they really didn't give him any accolade to be any kind of deity or connected with God. They would say, oh, he's a, a son of a carpenter. Or he's a, a good rabbi, or good this and a good that, a teacher of the word of God. Uh, he was. Uh, then people even call him the demons, like a demon um, king or something like that. So Jesus wanted to know from the disciples, the ones who were walking with him, who do you say that I am? Because for some reason, I think that would matter to Jesus more than what other people said, because they were actually with him, doing life with him. So if he couldn't get his own disciples to understand who he was, or if they didn't get revelation of who he was, then wow, that would be a, a, a different story. Totally, right? So let's take it to the Father in prayer. Jesus, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for every single listener. Thank you for the breath that you have given me to take, Lord God, for every word that is spoken, giving you glory, honor, worship, and praise that comes out of the lips of your servant, your son right here. I pray for every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, every teenager, every adult, young adult, every youth, every child, Lord God, that hears these Bible studies, that they will be blessed, touched, and that your word will be evident in their hearts and minds, Lord God. I pray that we will cancel any um, demonic influence, any distraction right now in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord God, the blood of Christ um, that carries away our sins, that cleanses us from all unrighteousness to be placed upon every single listener who said yes to your word tonight. 
I pray salvation for every single listener. I pray abundant living. I pray financial breakthroughs. I pray, Lord God, healing over their bodies physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And I pray this all by faith in the name that's above every name. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen, amen. So who is Jesus? Why do I need him? Why do I need a savior? And and if and if this is all true, how do I respond? Because a lot of people get scared. I know I was afraid. For years, I was like, okay, now I can't really be 100% Christian. I don't want to be a hypocrite. So that's why I don't want to go to church. I was convincing myself to stay away from anything that God had to offer because I wasn't worth it. Or I wasn't worthy or I wasn't clean enough. Not realizing that God specializes in cleaning dirty people. Amen. He did it with the disciples. Clean their feet. And he's still doing it today. People who you think are the least, the last, and the lost that God will never reach, they're getting saved by millions and millions all around the world. And then God is using them, right? The ones that people cast out, the, the ones who people say that they're the lowest of the lowest, that they're the least. He's using them to raise up um, the church and to expand his kingdom. It's an amazing thing. He's qualifying the unqualified people. You know, I I remember I was at a a ministry event and there was this minister passing out his card and saying he was apostle. He was prophet. He was all of this stuff on the card. Right. I didn't even know his name. He was passing out the card. So impersonal. He just wanted to people to know that he was something in the kingdom of God or someone in the kingdom of God. And when he looked at me, he was like, who are you? And I was like, you can call me Brother Sam. If you forget my name, it doesn't matter. I'm just a brother in the Lord, a man of God. I have no card and I have no credentials, but some people look for credentials. Remember, the Bible says that man looks at the, at the outside of, of, of the outward appearance and all this other stuff. But God looks at the heart. My heart was just and it still is to serve the Lord. Uh, if the spotlight is on me, if the spotlight is not on me, if I'm in the front or if I'm in the back, all I want to do, serve the Lord. Make disciples, disciple disciples and keep on going from there. But the bottom line is. The way I responded to Jesus is going to be different to how you respond from Jesus. There's no cookie-cutter Christian. There's no uh, formula of the 10 steps of how to get into a relationship with Jesus. Everybody has a different story. God is writing out the stories of all our lives, right? And then we start putting um, some paragraphs and some things inside that story. We could delay God's hand, but we can't stop God's hand. We could... um, you know, be a little bit behind of the plan, but we can't stop the plan. God is sovereign. He's in control of all things. All he's asking is for us to know who he is, get to know who he is, want to know who he is. So that way he could show himself to us, reveal himself. That's why so many um, people around the world are getting visions of Jesus in their dreams during their holiest days. And they're not Christian. Jesus is showing up because the Bible says, if you seek after him with all your heart, he you will find him. He will reveal himself to you. Amen. There's no preacher, no evangelist could tell you um, exactly how to get saved, but they could lead you to the Savior. I could lead you to the Savior, but I can't get you saved. I'm not the Savior, but I know that we need the Savior. I'm saved because so many reasons I could tell you about. But I can't tell you how he did it. Still not. I still to this very day. I've been saved since December 12, 2001. 
I still cannot tell you how he changed my life. I could tell you what I did, but that was that's my testimony, but I can't tell you how he did it and how he continues to do it. So I'm 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 going to tell you a little secret. <laughs> well, it ain't going to be secret no more. But you know sometimes I listen to see if there's a, a crack in the scripture or something wrong in the scripture to give me like a license to do other things. And every time I look or I hear a preacher um, that I trust and I'm thinking like there's an angle, a certain angle, um, there is none. Not as far as I could see. And a lot of people go into the Bible and they find loopholes or they think it's loopholes to do this, to do that and a third. But if they're really honest with themselves and if they have the Holy Spirit teaching them and leading them into all truth, that's something that you're going to be convicted of. If you're wrong, God will correct us and he corrects those he loves. Can you imagine that God will see one of his children walking blindly off a cliff and they, if they take two more steps, they're going to fall on, fall off the cliff to their death. And he's just looking at you, not saying anything. That he won't say, hey, stop, wait, turn around. Of course not. God is a loving God. He's not going to send his kids blindfolded all on, a, on a six-lane highway, amen, and tell them to cross the street. That is literally blind faith, Amen. God doesn't give us a blind faith. He gives us a faith we could trust in him. Amen. He's real. He's alive. He's active. Amen. He He keeps you from, um, read Psalm 91. Memorize Psalm 91. And you'll see how much provision and how much protection we have in God. So, if you're like a lot of people out there today, you heard the name of Jesus. Like, I can't tell you. I've never met a person who's never heard the name of Jesus. But I could say this. I actually know a guy that actually thought, and I'm not making fun of anybody. He thought that Jesus was the first name and Christ was the last name. I'm I'm being honest. I promise you that this brother thought, I said, you're a Christian. I said, yeah. He said, oh, you believe in Jesus Christ. Jesus and Christ is his last name. I said, huh? You know, and I tried to explain. No, 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 that's. That was his title. He was the Savior, Messiah, Jesus, Lord. But um, some people believe that. So you've heard the name of Jesus. I, you know, I would say out of um, a thousand people who listen, um, nine hundred and ninety-eight heard the name of Jesus. Maybe all of the thousand people heard the name of Jesus. This is a man that people think of as a religious leader. Amen. People think of him as just a uh, a really good man, or people say that he never existed at all. But most people, when you when you bring up Jesus, they think of a religious leader or perhaps a really good man who lived 2,000 years ago. But, this is the but, but have you ever wondered if Jesus could possibly make a difference in your life today? Because people dismiss you right away. Oh, you're a Christian, you believe, oh, that's good for you. I don't believe in that. But if it's good for you, it's okay. It's just not, I don't believe that. But they're not being honest. No one is asking about belief in Jesus. The question should come from you that can that Jesus that changed this man's life or that woman's life actually change my life? That's how I came to Christ. I came to Christ drunk and high in my studio in a cold December day 
December night, yelling at him through the ceiling, pointing at the ceiling, saying, if you are who you say you are, then the test would be to change me because I know who I am. I know what I'm going through. If you can't change me, then obviously there is no God who can change people because I was hearing this all the time. Oh, just go to Jesus. He'll change your life. He'll change your life. So I said, okay, if you're real, change me. It might sound arrogant or like if I was being disrespectful. I think I was disrespecting God. I just didn't know him. So I think he gave me a, a free pass on that instead of crushing me like he could have. But I was just being honest. I said, hey, if you're real, change me. And I tell a lot of people that if you don't believe in Jesus, then why don't you ask him to help you with your unbelief? I mean, there's no need to argue. Um, my question stands, and I've said this on so many of the, the blazes, these Baba studies. I said, why do people get mad of what I believe in? Like, well, you're a Christian. Okay, well, you're a Christian. They get all mad. Um, don't understand why would somebody get mad at what you believe in? Amen. The question should be, can this person, Jesus, possibly make a difference in your life today? Can he? That's the question, right? What does God want? Does he want anything from you? I knew a guy that actually said, you know, God needed me and to be a Christian because without me, you know, he wouldn't get his work done in the area that he lived in. I was like, wow, he needed you? He said, yeah, God needed me. That's why he, he saved me because without me, this, this, that person and this thing would not have got done and this. And I was like, wow, but what does God want? Is that what really God wants? He just wants to pick out the few um, that, you know, he's going to use to conquer the world and or save the world. Or does God want what he wants? Did you know this? Did you know this? That God loves you, number one, and wants to have an ongoing relationship with you. Not just a Sunday relationship, not just a Tuesday or Wednesday relationship, not just in the mass, not just in a service, not just in a Bible study. But God wants an ongoing relationship with you, you, the one who's listening. He wants a one-on-one with you. He wants a he wants a relationship where you can both talk. You know, you'll talk, he'll listen, right? You'll listen and then he'll talk. People say, no, God don't talk. Um, read the word of God and you're going to hear God talking all the time. If you allow him to be a part of your life, right? You have that decision to make. He wants you to experience more than the life that you're experiencing now. Right? He wants you to experience the abundant life. He doesn't want you just to live and exist. A lot of people out there are literally like it, it makes it sad. They're existing, but they, they're not living. It's like no life in them. You you ever met a person that looks like they're just existing? Like they do the same thing every single day. As a matter of fact, those are the same people who go when you go up to them and say, uh, you know, how are you doing today? Oh, same old, same old. I always disagree with that. It's impossible for yesterday to be the same as today and for today to be the same as tomorrow. They might be in a routine or in a ritual. Or they might be, you know, stuck somewhere in a situation. But every day is different. Therefore, the time changes, the calendar days change. 
if that were true, when people say, and this is something you could do with kindness and with grace and with love, amen, if you're a Christian, just say like this. If every day is the same, then why do the calendar days change? Why does time change? Why does seasons change? Amen. Because if every day was the same, then we would not um, grow old. We would all be young or get stuck in one year or everything changes. As soon as that clock hits 12 the next day, the, the last day is gone. The new day has come. And Lord willing, there'll be a next day. And it keeps on going. Every day is a new day. In John 10, 10, Jesus said, The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. Three things that the devil wants to do in my life and in your life. But Jesus said, My purpose is to give you life in all its fullness. So this is not Jesus versus the devil, because the devil is already defeated by the Jesus Christ the Lord. But he was making sure that you know, you know, there's two things going on here. The thief, he wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. But then God, Jesus, he wants to give you life in all his fullness. In the Old Testament, God said, you choose life or death. Blessings or curses, you choose. And when I hear these scriptures, I'm like, why would anybody choose death? Why would anybody choose to be destroyed, to be killed? To be robbed. Wouldn't the common thing to do. Is to choose life. Just a question. He wants you to experience an abundant life. Which he knows. Jesus knows. Can be found only in him. Oh see this is the exclusiveness of Christianity. All you Christians always say that you have the way. The truth and the life. No Jesus said he is the way. The truth and the life. Christians don't go around saying it. Jesus said it. So we're just repeating the word of God. I don't waste words. I only repeat what the word says. That's my model for the rest of my life. I'm going to be like that until Jesus takes me. He wants you to experience an abundant life, which he knows can be found only in him. He wants you to be set free. You're going to be like set free from what? I can do anything I want to do. Yes, you can. Only God could judge me and he will. But he wants you to be set free from your past. He wants you to be set free from your guilt. He wants you to be set free from your shame. He wants you to be set free from bondage to sin, from any addictions, from selfishness. He wants you to be set free. He doesn't want you to stay there. Because when you're guilty and when you're full of shame and when you're bound to sin, when you're addicted to something and when you're selfish, you can't experience any kind of joy. I don't care who you are. If you're stuck or addicted to some kind of alcohol or drug, right? Only time you think you're happy is when you have those things. But don't you know when you crash or when the high goes away, you're going to be more miserable than you were the day before. That's why when I was, wasn't was saved and I was drinking a 40-ounce bottle every other day, um, smoking weed and all that, I felt a certain way when I was doing those things. But then when that stuff wore off, when it wore out, amen, I felt worse than I did the day before and going forward. There's somebody that's listening to me that knows exactly what I'm talking about. And they were like, wait a minute. I don't want to be stuck. I want to be set free. And only through Jesus Christ can you be set free from all, all those addictions, selfishness, guilt, shame, bondage to sin and all that. So God knows what he wants from us and what he wants with us because he has a plan. 
So you're going to be saying, what's God's plan? Why do I need to uh, follow a Savior's plan? How do I respond to this plan? Well, God's plan is like this. God has a plan to accomplish all of that. That plan is in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus, right, is the spotless, get it, sinless Son of God. He came to earth on a rescue mission to rescue us from sin, period. You already know that wrongdoing has a penalty. In the law and the courts, do something wrong. You can't tell the judge, well, I know I did it wrong, but, you know, I didn't know that I was wrong. So just because I didn't know I was wrong, I shouldn't be paying any penalty or I shouldn't be fined or I shouldn't be sent to prison. A good judge will be like, even though you didn't know that it was wrong, the law says it's wrong. So you have to pay the consequences, right? That's in a court of law. So you already know that wrongdoing has a penalty. Well, the penalty for our sin is death. Eternal separation from God. People say, well, you die, you go into the ground and that's it. No, you were created by a creator. And when you die, either you go back to the creator or you have an eternal separation from God. Because if you, if you die in sin, according to the scripture, right? You, you, you die a death of a death of a death. You die twice. If you're a Christian, a believer in Jesus Christ and you're saved, you only die once. Your body goes to the ground and your, your soul and spirit and everything goes to heaven, right? But if you die without Jesus, then you die twice and you have an eternal separation. Eternity is a long time to be separated from anybody. But eternal separation from God, that's bad. But since God loves us so much, right? We said God is love. He loves us. He himself took ownership of that penalty. Jesus paid the price that I couldn't afford, that we couldn't afford, right? And he paid the sin debt, yet he did not sin himself. This is an incredible story. You won't find any other uh, belief system, worldview that has a savior like Jesus. He's by himself. He took ownership of that penalty. He sent his son, Jesus, to the earth to pay the penalty for our sins. How did he do it? Jesus himself was crucified by people, get this, who didn't understand who he was or why he had come. 2017 and beyond this podcast, right? People are still going to crucify Jesus, not knowing who he was and why he came. Jesus willfully and willingly died on the cross in our place. Jesus was not murdered, not a martyr, fulfilling God's plan to redeem mankind. So even the very people who nailed him to the cross, Jesus came to save them if they accepted him. Though he was perfect, he was sinless, he took our sins upon himself so that we might have a restored relationship with our creator. See, when there was broken, like the creation and man were broken because of disobedience. And since God is a just God, a holy God, a loving God, there has to be a consequence for disobedience. Otherwise, then he'll be just picking and choosing and God has no favorites, right? And he, he's not, he doesn't have to be a fair God because he's a holy God and he's a just God. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 says, He personally carried away our sins 
in his own body on the cross so we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. You have been healed by his wounds. But the story doesn't end there. This is, I'm telling you, this is amazing who Jesus is and why we need a Savior. If the story ended at his death, then we still die in our sin. But the Bible says that just three days after he was crucified on a hill outside of Jerusalem, God raised him back to life. Jesus Christ is no longer in the grave. Why? Because God raised him from the dead. Just as he will raise us at the close of history. When your time is up, Jesus comes and cracks the sky. He's going to raise us up again. There is a day coming when time is going to come to an end. A lot of people say, what is this world coming to? I say, well, this world is coming to an end, but Jesus is coming to um, this world for a new beginning. There is a day coming when time is going to stop. All people will stand before God in judgment. How do I know that? Because the Bible says, and I believe Revelation chapter 20, which is the last book of the Bible, in verse numbers 11, excuse me, verse 20, verses 11 and 12, Bible says, let me go to it real quick. And I got a minute here. And I saw a great white throne and I saw the one who was sitting on it. The earth and the sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne. And the books were open, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to the things written in the books. There's a lot more books, people, according to what they had done, what they had done. It's a little scary because that means everything that I've done and everything that you've done are written in these books that were open. They're going to be open. Um, yeah, those books will be open. So you choose. You choose either accept Jesus, accept him that he was a substitute. He took my sin upon himself. Yeah, he did not sin. Uh, or you could reject it. But if you reject Jesus and what he did, you're going to stand alone before God on the day of judgment and give your own account of your life. Right. And you can say, well, I didn't believe you because A to Z. You can have a great case of why you didn't believe and this, that and a third. And we're going to fall short of God's standards anyway. Right. Romans 3.23. And we'd have to pay for the penalty but you're going to have to pay for the penalty yourself, Romans 6, 23, by spending eternity in hell, Revelation chapter 20, verse 15. That means forever separated from God's goodness, forever separated from God's um, love that he has for you. But if you accept Jesus as your personal Savior, God will accept his sacrificial death on your behalf. It's not a choice you can make on that final day. It's a choice you can make today. Either accept Jesus or reject him. That's who he is. He's a savior of the world. He's God and he's good. Peace.